today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Because these two prophecies, these two prophets are directly in opposition one to the other. They contradict each other. But here's the problem. God's word through Jeremiah is the final word. So if something goes against or contradicts or is incompatible with the Word of God, guess which one's wrong? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. In our world today, we have so many sources. We have Google, Fox News, CNN, and thousands of others trying to tell us different things. However, there is one source that needs to be our primary focus. In today's message, Pastor J.D. reminds us that God's Word is the only source we can put our trust in. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of this broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth in Jeremiah chapter 29. Father in heaven, thank you. Lord, this is our time with you tonight, and we don't want anything to interrupt it or distract from it. Or, Lord, this is that time that we have together with brothers and sisters in Christ. It's our communion service tonight, and we look forward to that every month. But, Lord, we look forward to just having this time that we can open up our Bibles and and just put aside all of the busyness and stress and pressure and issues that we deal with on a daily basis and give you our undivided attention. Lord, there's just our attention. (laughs) So much competes for our attention. Well, this is our time, Lord, and we want to give you our undivided attention. So Lord, as we do, would you minister to us? We we need to be ministered to. (laughs) Would you speak to us? We need to be spoken to. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you in advance for what you're going to do in our time together tonight in your word. We're, we're just so grateful to you, Lord. We thank you so much. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so chapter 29, yeah? Doubtless you already know that this chapter has that well-known verse, a life verse for many, verse 11 that the Lord knows the thoughts that He has towards us, being thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give us a future and a hope, Jeremiah 29, 11. Well, as we're about to see the context in which this magnificent promise of God is written is as powerful and profound as it is prophetic. You know, it's nothing wrong with it, but we're oftentimes prone to extract just one verse out of the Bible, like Jeremiah 29, 11, and we sew pillows, and we, <laughs> right? You do? Okay, well, 
I think my wife actually has an apron with Jeremiah 29.11 on it. So, but again, nothing wrong with that, but what's oftentimes missed in that is the context in which a life verse like that is written. And it just comes to life when you see the why behind the what of that particular verse, which we're going to do. So let's jump in verse 1. Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive, to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. This, verse 2, parenthetically we're told, happened, this is the timeline, after Jeconiah, the king, the queen mother, the eunuchs, the princes of Judah, and Jerusalem, the craftsmen, and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. The letter, verse 3, was sent by the hand of Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Jemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, verse 4, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Okay, let's kind of get ourselves situated and acclimated and calibrated to what's going on here. Now, this is important, as we're going to see here in a moment, but there were three invasions of Babylon into Judah, in which they took captives from Jerusalem to Babylon. At the time that God has Jeremiah write this letter, recorded here in chapter 29, the first invasion has already taken place. And they've already taken captive the cream of the crop, the best of the best. And it's believed that this first invasion and subsequent captivity in taking these people, some estimate there were potentially thousands that were taken captive in the first invasion. Among them was, many believe, Daniel. In fact, if you're interested, you might want to read Daniel chapter 9, because in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel references this prophecy here in Jeremiah. Now what's really interesting about this is that Jeremiah and Daniel would have known each other. And interesting, this letter that God has Jeremiah write to them, to the prophets, Daniel would have been the recipient of this letter. And we're going to have the content of this letter. It's already starting to become very rich, yeah, the context of this life verse in verse 11. So this is a letter now that is sent to these captives, and apparently we're given the name of the guy that took it there, Elasa. And it is specifically addressed to these captives in this first invasion. There would be two more, two more invasions where thousands upon thousands of Jews will be taken from Jerusalem 
captive to Babylon for a period of 70 years, which is again what Daniel refers to in chapter 9. Now verse 5, this is the content of the letter. Build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. Translated, you're going to be there a while. And verse 7, this is very interesting. Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. Okay, wait. I'm going to pray for Babylon? (laughs) I'll pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but not Babylon. No, 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 no. You're going to be there for a while, and it would be good for you to pray for Babylon. Yeah, but they're the captors, we're the captives. Yeah, pray. Pray for the peace of Babylon. Because if you pray for the peace of Babylon, you will have peace in Babylon. Because you're going to be there for a while. So pray that things go well. Now, again, there's very interesting detail that will come out here more in a moment, but I want to draw your attention to something here that's easily missed at first read. This is how we should live in this world. Though not of this world, until that grand and glorious day when we're taken out of this world, right? Interesting, there's actually historical accounts of this time frame where there were some serious problems in Babylon at the time that the captives, the first captives, were taken into Babylon. And the thought is that there were some of them that were kind of fighting against the captivity causing problems in Babylon, because after all, if you remember from last week, Hananiah told them, you're not going to be here very long. So they were sort of trying to help God out, because this false prophet Hananiah had prophesied that they were going to come back in two years. And here Jeremiah is saying, no, actually God's going to have you there for 70 years. So go ahead and buy a home, let your daughters and sons get married, have children. And, and here they're going, no, Hannah and I said, we're only going to be here for a couple of years. We're, we're just going to rent. I'm trying to work with me here on this, okay? You see how this is kind of, do you see why God would have Jeremiah and inspire Jeremiah to write a letter like this with this detail? hey, you're going to be there for a while. I know Hananiah told you that you were only going to be there for, you know, it's just going to be a stop on your itinerary, but you're coming back. So, and he said he was going to bring the vessels back, bring you back. And he he actually put a timeline on it, two years. There's only one problem. Uh, He died. (laughs) 
Yeah, like two months after Jeremiah said, you're not of God, God did not send you, and you're going to die, and he, and he died. So I guess he's not going to bring them back in two years. So anyway, I'm sorry, just indulge me on that one. I just kind of, a little bit of a sanctified. Well, let's move on. Verse 8, I might have enjoyed that a little bit too much. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, and here it is, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they, verse 9, prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, After 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. Okay. So it seems that in that first invasion and captivity that they actually got some of the bad apples as well. Because this letter is sent now from Jeremiah, who's still in Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Babylon, and it's addressed to the prophets, the priests. Well, apparently you got some false prophets there too. And Jeremiah, by the Holy Spirit, inspired by God, writes to them and says, hey, those prophets that are there with you in Babylon, I know what they're telling you, and they're doing this in my name, They're lying to you. They're prophesying falsely to you. What are they saying to you? Oh, hey, you guys, come on. We're only going to be here for a little while. Yeah, but dude, they called him dude. Jeremiah Jeremiah said, we're going to be here for 70 years. So one of you is wrong. I wonder who's wrong and who's right. Dun, 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 dun. You prophesy falsely in my name. You're telling the people that you're only going to be there for two years? That's false. It's going to be 70 years. Don't listen to them. Well, we have a problem. Because I I would much rather listen to the guy that's telling me, hey, It's okay. You're only going to be here for two years. I don't want to listen to the guy that's telling me, you're going to be here for 70 years. Well, let's see, I'm 40 now. That means I'll be 110. I ain't ever going back to Jerusalem. If I do, it's going to (laughs) be, well, never mind. So I'm obviously going to warm up to the guy that's falsely telling me what I want to hear, what my ears are itching to hear. We're going to talk about this on Sunday in the Prophecy Update. I would much rather listen to the guy that's going to tell me what I want to hear. What do I want to hear? I'm only going to be here for two years. I want to listen to that guy. The only problem is, is that he's falsely telling you this. He's lying to you. And you want to believe it. You want him to be right, and you want Jeremiah to be wrong. Because 
these two prophecies, these two prophets are directly in opposition one to the other. They contradict each other. But here's the problem. God's word through Jeremiah is the final word. So if something goes against or contradicts or is incompatible with the Word of God, guess which one's wrong? Okay. I'm talking about, I'll never use illustrations or examples from here. I always use examples from when I was in the pastorate on the mainland. So relax, okay? You got a couple, they're living together, and they come to you and they tell you, yeah, we're, you know, living together and, you know, we're married in God's eyes and, you know, so it's okay. And we had, you know, this one pastor tell us, yeah, it's okay. I was like, really? Again, this is on the mainland. They'll be looking around like, I wonder who he's talking about. I wasn't here. So I just simply, lovingly (laughs) say, they're wrong, because God's Word is true. And let God be true, and every man a liar. If you've got somebody telling you something that contradicts what God's Word says, they're wrong. Oh, I I want that to be right. I want that to be true. I'm going to warm up to that for obvious reasons, because I want to hear that. It's all good. I don't want to hear that. No, that's sin. That's sin. We still call it sin. I know the. (laughs) we've come up with different words to kind of soften it up a little bit, tone it down a little bit, but no, it's called sin. It's called sexual immorality. It's called fornication. And it's sin. And you need to make it right, because that ain't right. (laughs) And they're wrong, and you're wrong, and you need to get right, because this is God's Word. This is God's Word. And God's Word is the final Word. So you, you come up to me, and you start telling me all of these things. The litmus test for me is, well, let me see, is this biblical? If it's not biblical, if it contradicts the Word of God, then Get out of my face, man, and stop speaking falsely to me, and especially when you speak falsely in the name of the Lord. That's like the worst. (laughs) And here's verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Now stop right there. Let's work through this. You don't know, but I know. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. My thoughts are too high for your understanding. My ways are not your ways. I I know you don't know, but I know. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what I'm thinking, but I know what I'm doing, and I know what I'm thinking. I know the thoughts that I think, and this is interesting, toward you. Not of you. Oh, I'm thinking of you. Oh, thank you. Toward you your way. You know what I did today in preparation for this chapter tonight is I spent some time, I would really encourage you to do this in Psalm 139, where David 
just, I mean, it's so powerful. He, he's just praising the Lord, and he says of the Lord that your thoughts toward me are so numerous and incalculable, you cannot actually count them because they're as numerous as the sands on the seashore. That's how often your thoughts are directed towards me, my way. What do you think? What do you think? That's how God thinks about you, towards you. He thinks about you all the time. The sands on the seashore, let's just take the number of the sands on Kailua Beach. That's a lot. That's how often He thinks towards us. And what does he think when he directs his thoughts towards us? His thoughts towards us, toward you, says the Lord, are thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And that word future sort of carries with it the idea of in the end. In other words, this will come to an end and I'm going to bring it to an end, a future end, have hope. Now, you're in Babylon, you've been taken captive, and you hear that Jeremiah wrote a letter that this guy brought, and now you want to know what's in that letter, because you're really struggling. And you're confused, because you've got guys over here telling you it's going to be two years, you've got Jeremiah saying it's going to be 70 years, all you know is, I'm here, and this isn't good. I don't want to be here. I want to be home. I'm homesick for Jerusalem, and now I'm taken captive here in Babylon. And you read this part of Jeremiah's letter. How encouraged are you? How much hope do you have now? This is what I mean by the context in which a life verse like this is written. This is why it's so powerful, because they would have certainly thought that God was angry at them, and even worse, that God was through with them. And is this not true of us when we're going through a difficult time? What is our default? Let's be honest. What is our default? Oh man, I really blew it this time. I, God's not too happy with me. In fact, truth be made known, He's pretty upset with me. In fact, I'm pretty sure He's done with me. And the Lord needs to remind you, remind me, no, I'm not through with you. I, I have a plan a future plan. And my thoughts toward you are thoughts of peace. I'm not going to harm you. I have a future plan for you, and it's good. It's a future and a hope. And my thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace, not of evil. I don't have any evil thoughts towards you. I don't have any malicious thoughts towards you. I love you. I'm not angry with you. 
And I'm certainly not through with you either. This is Romans 8. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to this study in the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard in this edition. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like the one you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth.